Welcome to Last Choice on the Left, the horror podcast brought to you by Last Choice Network. I'm Chris. And I'm Natalie. And tonight we are off to Windsor College and Scream 2. Natalie, as this was your first time uh, seeing the movie, what were your thoughts? Um, well, uh, I thought that the the opening left probably the biggest, honestly, the opening probably left the biggest impression on me than like the rest of the film. Um, because I thought, I mean, it was like the opening and then the very end, kind of like what was happening in the middle. It was a little slow for me, but, um, yeah, uh, I, it was all right. <laughs> I definitely like the, I definitely like the first one more, <laughs> I guess would be a way to put it. <laughs> Which makes sense because, you know, Scream being, Scream being a meta franchise, you know, they're, they're in college and. Randy Meeks, nerd god to all, um, is in a class talking about film sequels and Mm -hmm. specifically says sequels are, uh, by definition, inherently um, worse than the original. And then they go into a whole discussion about movie sequels that are better than the Mm -hmm. uh, original. Um, but, but I, I do agree with you about the, the opening. It's one of my favorite openings of the franchise. Um, and I love the message conveyed in the opening and sorry for anyone who, uh, doesn't like, uh, social commentary in in their movies, but it, it it goes out of its way to make a point about the fact that uh, the representation of black people specifically, but uh, mainly minority characters in horror movies are very underrepresented. Um, and the fact that typically if you are black and find yourself in a horror movie, you're probably going to die. Um, but yes, the idea that they took a, a screening of stab, which is the scream universe's movie version of the events of the first movie and kill it off again, uh, Jada Pinkett, who at the time was not married to Will Smith, um, but was still a very recognizable name, uh, at the time in the mid nineties. I mean, not that she isn't today, but again it went with the tradition of having this well-known actor and killing them off in the first 10 minutes of the movie and just the way they did it you know like for me part of what i like about scream is what i like about halloween in terms of horror movies they're to me the most grounded in reality where i could honestly see somebody doing this and to take an idea of killing somebody in a packed movie theater at the premiere of a horror movie. It's something I could see happening today in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say while I enjoyed the opening, I thought uh, the boyfriend's death was a little bit far-fetched in the fact that how does he know where to stab that bathroom partition to get him right in the head? 
<laughs> like, yeah. It, as much as I love the Scream movies, there's times where I sit there and I just go, okay, yeah. I'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, luck. <laughs> you know, it's... And we'll talk about it more once we've discussed all the movies in terms of ranking the movies within the franchise. Um, there are parts of Scream 2 that I love. I think one of the highlights to me is Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, in the film, this is, you know, at the time where she's also at the height of fame. I don't remember if she's done Urban Legend yet or not. Um, but I, her part in the movie, I just think, was just a highlight for me. The scene, again, where they're talking about movie sequels and then, you know, do you want to die tonight, CC is one of the iconic lines from mm -hmm. the franchise. Yeah. Um, and I think we can all relate back to when we actually had landlines back in the day, if we remember these things. Mm -hmm. um, you would be on a cordless telephone, and depending on where you were at in the house, the connection would slowly disappear or drop. So, again, I think it was, especially in 1997, something we could all relate to, like, holy shit, we're trapped in this house, and we can't call the cops because... We don't want to, we want to be outside, but the phone has yeah. no reception. But if we go mm -hmm. inside, we're going to die. Yeah. Um, so I just, it, I just really, really enjoyed that. And the fact that even today, again, now we're going on the 25th anniversary of Scream 2. Even today, people, when I go out with friends and stuff and they are drinking uh, and I'm not, and they're like, you know, why aren't you having a drink? And I'm like, because... I'm sober sister and I have to be available if one of the drunk sisters call and needs yeah. a so, uh, I've been quoting that line for 25 years now. That's great. <laughs> um, like Scream, the original, uh, Scream 2 introduced new rules for us to pay attention to in the horror genre. Uh, the first one was uh, the fact that there's a higher body count, which I think we do see in moving into something even uh, modern today. Um, one of uh, my favorite revivals was David Gordon Green's Halloween 2018. And then last year we got Halloween Kills. And if you want to talk about, and again, this is being. Even though Halloween Kills is the 12th movie in the franchise, it's the second movie he's done, so I'm applying the same rules to that movie and not that the, it's the 12th one. I want to say there were 30-something kills in that movie, so yeah, they definitely brought on the higher kill count Wow. <laughs> um, for the movie. And his second rule is, you know, he calls it Carnage Candy, where everything is just bloodier, gorier, more graphic, and I definitely... Would again say, yeah, that still holds true today. And Halloween Kills, I mean, it was bathed in blood from mm -hmm. beginning to end. So, twenty-five years on, we're still living by these rules in the horror genre. 
Um, he was going to give us a third rule, but then Dewey interrupted him. But again, um, going back to you, Natalie, for the things, for the movies and TV shows that you enjoy, would you say that these rules still hold true um, in other genres other than the slasher? Oh, I think so. I think that... Um... I I think it's true, but I'm I'm trying to think of <laughs> examples, I guess, um, of where I've seen it because the only one that I can really think of is the TV show Hannibal. Mm-hmm. I think I think that as Hannibal went on, it got a lot more graphic. I think it started pretty graphic, so that's a little hard to uh, imagine, but I do think that as the TV show Hannibal went on, um, it got more graphic. And, you know, I I think I've also told you this before, but I'm not a huge, like, franchise horror person. So for me to think of a, a sequel, <laughs> I'm having some difficulty here. <laughs> True. It's yeah. when you're watching more standalone movies, um, you know, I think the only things we could look at, two would be, and it's something to look at later on is, you know, if we have directors in the genre who aren't necessarily directing sequels to their movies, you know, if we take mm-hmm. someone like a Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. are his movies, you know, as he directs, you know, going from Get Out to Us and then Nope, which is coming out later this year, mm-hmm. do his movies, even though they're not sequels, are they still pulling up these same type of, you know, going from one set of rules to the you have a higher body count, you're more graphic. Like, does that still hold true even if we're not in a sequel world? Yeah. Well, it definitely holds true for Jordan Peele because Us was a lot. <laughs> a lot <laughs> it was, Us was very different from Get Out. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's totally different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally different storyline, but yes, it's... it's. But I, I, again, I think it's, you know... Even him and going into, like, say, you know, someone like Mike Flanagan, who does, you know, has multiple movies and TV shows. I think you do see, as he goes from one project to the uh, to the next, his body count does get higher. Um, and the situations get more bloody. Um, one thing that I really loved in Scream 2, and again, it's something that you see the entire franchise because it is not only so self-aware of itself, but it is also a open love letter to the horror genre. Um, one thing I noticed in my most recent watch of the film was there is a scene where uh, Sydney is starting to want to shut down and pull away again as people are being killed um, and people she knows are also now being killed again. And she's meeting with her drama teacher. She's a drama major. And he has this whole conversation with her about fate. And it pulls me back again to the original Halloween because scream was so inspired by halloween it's you know the movie they're watching in the in the first scream movie um but it really reminded me of the conversation uh, that laurie strode has with her te- with her teacher 
uh, albeit in high school, uh, about the concept of fate and, you know, what our destiny is. Is destiny, you know, set in stone? Is it changeable? Are we in control of our own destiny? Is our destiny in control of us? And in Halloween, as this conversation is, you know, as the teacher is talking in the background, she's looking out her out the window of her class and she sees Michael Myers for the first time. In Scream 2, she gets this basic pep talk from her drama instructor, goes on to rehearse her scene because she wants to drop out of this college production. And mm-hmm. Ghostface makes an appearance on stage uh, in the costume that everybody else is wearing, but wearing the ghost face mask versus the mask of the of the show. So I thought it was just another really good connection between the franchises without being, you know, smacking you upside the head with a two by four. Yeah, because I definitely wouldn't have caught that. Um, I haven't seen <laughs> I haven't seen Halloween. <laughs> So, and don't worry, we will be changing that. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) um, But yes, it's it's again, Scream. You had the obvious Halloween connection because they're watching the movie on TV. Scream Two. It's more subtle because it's you know, a scene that's like a scene in Halloween. And one thing I do Mm -hmm. love is the fact that again, talking about how Scream saved the horror franchise. Um, we wouldn't have had Halloween uh, 20 years later if it hadn't been for Scream. And uh, with that movie, Kevin Williamson wrote the original treatment for Halloween H2O. They kept bits and pieces of it, but he went on to do different projects. Um, but in Halloween H2O, um, two of the girls in the movie, and they're in a, pre- in a boarding school. They're watching Scream 2 on TV in Halloween, and then you had the kids in Scream watching the original Halloween on TV in their movie. So then it's almost like, you know, do these, you know, at some point, do we break the universe? Like, do these two movie universes <laughs> collide? Yeah. Um, like, where is that? Where is that going to happen at at some point? But, uh, yeah, I think for me, Scream 2... It's still a very enjoyable movie for me. It's obviously not as good as the original, but very few things are. Um, I do like, you know, we talk about the fact about the two, the first two deaths in the movies um, are black characters about it, about, and it happens after a specific conversation about the underrepresentation of black people in the horror genre. And then, on the other side of that, I think the smartest character in the movie is Joel, the cameraman, who happens mm-hmm. to be black because yeah. after Randy's death, he's the only person who has a good sense to get the hell out of town. Like, mm-hmm. how do you survive a horror movie? You get the hell out. Like, when this yeah. shit starts going mm-hmm. down, you get as far away as possible. And so it was really nice seeing a character realize, I don't want to die. And the only way to guarantee that happens is i get the hell out of here Uh (laughs) um i love uh cotton weary in the movie i like how he was set up uh in the first movie and i I really like like didn't even talk about him in the last episode i realized that after we (laughs) yeah it's i mean because he's so he's so important to the story because he's 
you know, been convicted of Sid, the de- the murder of Sydney's mother. Yeah. He's been sentenced to death. Gail has written a book uh, telling his side of the story and arguing for his innocence. And obviously it turns out he was innocent because before mm-hmm. we find out Billy and Stu killed Maureen's mother. Um, but you only see the character of Cotton, I think, in one scene um, where he's being put into a police car going on, uh, I think, a court appearance for his appeal Yeah, uh, for his innocence. And then I think he's set up so well as a red herring in this movie. Like, Oh, yeah. He's mm-hmm. very... In some points, he's very menacing, but in other times, he's also almost childlike. Um, but there's, yeah, he shows up and you think like, oh, he's definitely the killer. And then you find out he's not, but it was, I think he was just handled very well in being the uh, the red herring of the movie. Yeah, definitely. And I think part of that is just because Leif Shriver's just an amazing actor. and. Mm-hmm. Again, it's amazing to me how you see some people get into these movies and you're going and you sit there and wonder as they become more and more influential and famous and as their careers go on, do they regret doing these movies? Would they do these movies again? Um, So it's just very interesting to see him at that point in his career doing something like Scream 2, Scream and Scream 2. And Scream 3 when we get there as well. Yeah. Um, one of my other favorite scenes in the movie, which most people hate, is Jerry O'Connell singing I Think I Love You. Because um, it's uh, he sings so off-key and it's so bad. <laughs> but it's also so endearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes you really like like his character and his love for Sydney, even though she's trying to push him away um, for his own good. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen how that played out because, again, Scream 2 is where they really had the issues with the film, the script leaking um, as they were filming. And in the original script, uh, the killers were Derek and Hallie um, and not Mrs. Loomis was still involved. She was the mastermind of it, but Mickey was not the killer. It was Derek and Hallie. So it would have been, I think, very interesting to see if that scene would have been in the original movie, and then it turns out he's still the killer. Like, if he was able to bamboozle her that well with that (laughs) off-key rendition of I Think I Love You, and then how it would have played out originally. Mm Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about that uh, that ending. What? When did the movie st- come back to uh, not being I, kind of a bore fest? To be honest, honestly, the 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 reveal of it being Billy's mother, like that, I it did kind of it wasn't expecting that um, because she's like, well, I wasn't expecting. I was expecting that the because um, you know she's like she's playing as this like reporter right i i was there was some like suspect about like her maybe being involved somehow but i wasn't expecting the whole twist of it being billy's mother and it's it was all her identity was all a lie also no um and 
um not to say too much about scream 5 but you know how in the beginning of scream 5 um like the 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 girl forgetting her name i think it's like jenna talks about how like she likes like high horror or like horror that's like she's she's uh what is it a24 horror (laughs) yeah 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 like I, i forgot exactly the words that she uses but i'm i'm a little bit that way too so i feel like sometimes even like you know, I look for the I look for the meaning, the deeper meaning, <laughs> in in um, or at least I try to in all media that I consume. So I think it's interesting that they picked uh, Billy's mother as a killer, as a villain, or as anybody who was involved, because I think that it kind of points to this like if if kids if teens are still scary because teens mm-hmm. are still scary. That's still like a a main part in this. Even in this movie, right? Teens are scary. Now what's on top of that is like being a parent to a teen that is scary is very difficult. Um, and kind of like this whole idea of like like a mother's inadequacy, which I think that movies about motherhood are really interesting. I've kind of mentioned that to you. <laughs> but um like portrayal of like a like or even just like parental inadequacy um as like a fear. I think was interesting. It's like, it's so lightly touched, you know, cause it's just at the very end. Um, but I did think that that was a very, an interesting twist that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. No. And, and I think it worked out well because all of her scenes were with Gail. Mm-hmm. Gail would have no idea who this woman is. So <laughs> it's, and for me, it's almost like a, reading a Agatha Christie novel mm-hmm. um, because Agatha Christie was well known for introducing characters towards the later part of her story, which who ended up being the murderer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, she's in the whole movie, but because her and Sydney never uh, like really together. Interact. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Sydney recognizes her immediately, and I love how Gail's like, I saw pictures of you, and she's like, this is 60 pounds later. <laughs> and she's like, it's called a makeover. You should look into it. And I'm like, I, I love me a petty oh bitch. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, I love it, too, because, again, it, it goes back to playing homage to Mrs. Voorhees billing the killer in Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm, and, again, yeah. you have a mother avenging the death of her son. Although I think Mrs. Voorhees was a little bit more justified than Mrs. Loomis's, only because it's not like Jason, you know, it's not like Jason was killed because he was killing people at the time as a child, whereas Billy was a psychopath and clearly was killed in Mm -hmm. self-defense. One thing, well, and Getting into Mickey being the other character. God, I love Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> and I, again, I love this character because I, the first time I watched it, I, I can't say I'm surprised by whoever the killer is because I'm almost always surprised by who the killer is because I can never figure it out. But I did not see him being the killer. Um, 
because he played so normal until he got to the reveal and then the crazy came out, but he played crazy so well. Um, And I like his, you know, I like how they all have their motivations for killing. So with, you know, Billy, it's, you know, I killed your mother because she slept with my father and my mom left me. Uh-huh. And that, and now I'm killing you because you're the product of the woman who broke up my family. I love Stu because Stu's just like peer pressure. Like, why are you doing yeah. this? He's like peer pressure. <laughs> um, and then you get in, and then again, Mrs. Loomis, again, defending the death of her son. Uh, And then you get Mickey, who's doing it because he wants to get caught and go on trial and say, the movies made me do it, which we all know is bullshit, and he wouldn't win that argument anyway. But Uh again, this is something like, I've never heard of someone. Like, it was such a shock to see, like, this is why I'm doing it. Um, And again, he just, his reveal is just great, except for when he shoots Derek for no good reason. Um, but, and then even at the end of the movie, when Cotton comes up and he ends up saving the day, mm-hmm. you almost feel like he's going to give in to the crazy that Mrs. Loomis is giving him about, well, if you're yeah. a survivor, you get to, like, and for a moment you get there, the <laughs> And for a moment there, you think, like, he's seriously considering it, like... Oh, I, I think he was. Yeah. The only reason the only reason he didn't is because Sydney said that she would do, uh, what's it called? Diane Sawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... But yeah, that's... I, I, I agree. I think that's what saved her life, is he was willing to give her that chance to be like, yeah, I can't have all the glory, or we can go on Diane Sawyer together. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, it's he was so good in that movie. Um, but I agree. I I love the reveal. I for me, the reveal in Scream Two is right up there with the reveal in in the first Scream. Billy, because they are they set Billy up as a suspect to begin with. It wasn't a surprise that he faked his. Sus. He was pretty yeah. sus throughout the movie, honestly. <laughs> Stu, yes and no. Like, again, not terribly surprised that he was the killer. But again, his reveal, the reveal of the two of them, or his reveal was still pretty good. And it was a little bit more surprising than Billy. Um, in terms of the reveal for this one, I think that just on the shock and surprise factor did surpass it. But I, I think they were kind of uh, equal in both of the movies. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, again, spoilers, they start to go downhill from here um, in terms of the killers and their motivations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think just, there were so many other things. I think again, there's a there are a lot of flaws I think with Scream Two because of the production and you know the they do have I think there's parts where you could tell the movie was filmed when Derek and Hallie were the killers and they left those parts in there and then 
you can see that there's parts where they had where they made the switch to have it be Mickey and Mrs. Loomis together. Um, I do love when Randy is insulting the shit out of Billy, and it's finally what gets him killed. Um, and the fact that Mrs. Loomis, you know, that's the only kill she takes credit for. Like we know it's all yeah. Mickey except for Randy, because and she's I love how she's like you know. He said this, he made some disparaging remarks and I got a little knife happy and it's like, <laughs> like you, you one crazy lady. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing I do notice with both of these movies, and again, I think it's human nature, is the lack of responsibility people take for their lives. Um Yes. So specific we'll start specifically with Mrs. Loomis. You know, mm-hmm. she wants she wants to kill Sydney because Sydney killed Billy. Right. But she killed Billy because Billy killed her mother and her friends and tried to kill her, so it's understandable. But Mrs. Loomis holds Sydney responsible for Sydney's mother having an affair with Mrs. Loomis's husband. Like part of me is sitting there going what? Like, well, I'm like, <laughs> why didn't you shoot your husband? Like, it takes two to it takes two to tango, sweetie. Like, it's not like Maureen threw herself on your on your husband and he just couldn't <laughs> say no. Yeah. Hey, what, but once again, this is for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we're getting into topics that are for the next episode. Yeah, this is this is very true. But, but I do I do think that you know, do I think again? His motivation is really I think he's just has the type of personality where he gets pulled into the orbit of someone with a more dominant and domineering personality and goes with the flow. Mm -hmm. Billy again is not that he's responsible for the destruction of his family because clearly he's not. He is a, a victim of that. But murdering the like again you hold Maureen responsible for having an affair with your father. Yeah. But you don't hold your father responsible for having the affair, you know, and it goes back to, you know, if we're going to go back into social commentary on things, it's like it's always the woman's fault in these movies and the men Mm -hmm. have no responsibility for their own actions. It's like, oh, well, my dick got hard and I couldn't think. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's definitely... I. I mentioned it. It's in my notes for the next episode, <laughs> but it is <laughs> uh, because it's very, um, it's much more prevalent in the, in Scream 3 um, in, or more like plot have more of a plot point in Scream mm-hmm. 3. It's like comes back around, but yes. Um, yeah. These are, uh, it's everybody. They just don't, they, you know, it's a, uh, they don't have anywhere to put their feelings. Yeah. that's part of what makes kids so scary (laughs) (laughs) and the adults that raise scary kids um Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like i get 
Mrs. Loomis, I get your anger and frustration. Sydney Prescott is probably not the person you should be directing that anger towards. Mm-mm. No. Even if she is the one who put a bullet in your son's brain, he kind of deserved it, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, um, just a little bit. So, yeah, it's there's these faults that Scream 2 has. There's the things that it does so well, which, again, just the whole scene with Cece's death in the house and um, the way it almost recreates Sydney's first experience with Ghostface in the first movie with mm-hmm. running up the stairs. like, And you almost think Cece's going to get away with it. Unfortunately, she doesn't. Um, the I the two cops in the movie talking about them real quick. The two detectives that are put on her protective detail. Cops in horror movies are usually so stupid, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt like these two really weren't. Like they didn't really do anything to me that was just that I saw was just being like, you deserve to die. Like we know they're going to die. It's a horror movie and cops die in horror movies, but I don't think they did anything stupid. I think we get to see that later on in the franchise. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, So I think the way they handle that again, Cotton Wary's character and Lee F. Shriver's portrayal of him was spot on. So it's this movie is very difficult for me because there's what it does good, it does oh so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But where its flaws are, it's like this movie should be worse than I feel it is. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. But I also think, because the other thing we have to take into consideration, too, is Scream 2 literally came out the year after Scream. The year after, yeah. So I think, considering the Russian production and having to fix the leaks, I think they did a really good job of it. Whereas, again, we'll see in other movies that had more of a production time and gap between movies, we really can't say the same. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, again, I've been Chris. I'm Natalie. And uh, this has been Last Choice on the Left. And we will uh, see you all next week.